Welcome to Today in the Word with Pastor Bob Larson of Calvary Chapel Caldwell. Pastor Bob will be with us in just a few minutes, but first we'd like to let you know that Calvary Chapel is located on the corner of 10th and Everett, across from the library in downtown Caldwell. We have two Sunday morning services at 9.30 and 11.30. If you prefer Saturday nights, we have a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. We also have a midweek service Wednesday night at 7 p.m. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on ABC Channel 6.1. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truths in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. Well, if you have your Bibles, we are in 2 Corinthians as we are making our way through the Bible. The title of the message is God of All Comfort. So let's pick it up in verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by. Paul is telling the church in Corinth that uh, God, and he says in verse, uh, verse, one, verse 3, blessed be the God of all comfort. Now, uh, we looked at on Wednesday that word blessed be, uh, the Greek word is eulogizo, and we get the English word eulogy. And so, uh, when you hear the word eulogy at a funeral, uh, it, it literally speaks of uh, speaking well of someone. So when you ever wonder, what is a eulogy? Where did that word come from? It came from the Greek, and it means speak well of. So uh, when you go to a funeral, you'll hear people talk about someone, and, and uh, you know, they just speak well of them. And, and so uh, it, it talks about, it, it usually speaks about their character, right? So it talks about, usually at a funeral, they don't talk about their job or what they owned or kind of car they had. They talk about their character, that they were a loving, kind, giving, compassionate person, right? So here when Paul says, blessed be the God of all comfort, he is saying that it's the character of God that he comforts his people. And I think this is important that we know that. Now, sometimes when people think about God comforting his people, the question arises, well, if God is sovereign, then why does he allow us to go through trials and difficulties? Why doesn't he just preempt all of that? Then he wouldn't have to comfort us, right? And, and some people, you know, will say to you, well, if God really is a God of love, then why does he allow bad things to happen? And I think it's important that we recognize some things that the Bible teaches us, that number one, Jesus identifies Satan as the ruler of this world in John 12, 31, where he said, now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And so we have to be consciously aware that Satan is leading this world in rebellion against the ways of God, and much of the pain and suffering that goes on in this world today is a result of the fact that Satan is ruling this world and over the minds and hearts of people and leading them astray and wants to destroy their lives. And so when you see a lot of crazy stuff going on, you need to remember John 10.10 where Jesus said, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy, right? So Satan's desire is to destroy people, humanity, right? And free will is absolutely necessary for true love to exist. And love is not love without choice, right? Otherwise, it would be robotic. And in fact, that's a thing now. Our culture is so confused because we've rejected God's ways. Now people are marrying robots. Did you know that? That there are people who have married robots. And, uh, and they're saying, oh, but now artificial intelligence is evolving to the place where it could be good. And, and uh, so I have not used ChatGPT. How many of you have used ChatGPT? None of you? Well, I hadn't either until yesterday. So I thought <clears throat> I, I should try it out. So I asked ChatGPT in light of our sermon today, what are, the most, uh, what are the worst problems that Americans face today? So this is what the newest 
AI said. Here's what it said. And I'm going to read it in the robot voice. There are many problems in America. Face it today. It's difficult to say which is the worst. Some of the most mess pressing includes, and now notice what the number one problem that Americans face, climate change, <laughs> income equality, health care access, and affordability, political polarization, gun violence. Now, is that interesting that climate change and gun violence are in there? Anyway, however, notice what this computer says. This is the new AI. The answer to this question is subjective and varies depending on who you ask. Okay, so I thought depending on who you ask. So now I'm going to ask you, how many of you would say that the worst problem that you face in your life today is global warming? Raise your hand. Hmm, it's not as advanced as it thinks. <laughs> right. I mean, now, here's the interesting thing. I read that, well, I watched Elon Musk say that they're training artificial intelligence to lie. Right? It doesn't take in the data and spit out the facts. It takes in the data and then spins it to whatever the people who are programming it to say, right? And, and so... You know, you think about love and you think about free will. Who would want to marry a robot? And somebody said, well, nobody, not the old, but, but what if the robot had chat GPT? It could do all your tests for you. It could do your work for you. It could do, build websites for you. And then what if they taught it to lie to you? Would that seem realistic? Pastor <laughs> Bob, that is not funny. <laughs> well, here's the thing. People are doing that, right? You could Google it. It's very weird. <clears throat> but God gives us free will so that we can choose to love him or not to love him. Now, that causes problems, right? Because people, some choose to reject him. Now, Paul says in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by. So Paul is encouraging us to know that God is going to comfort us in our troubles, and no matter how spiritual or how close you think you are to God, we live in a fallen world, and there are going to be troubles, right? Now, that's important to understand. The reason God comforts us is because we live in a fallen world. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, they got kicked out of the garden, sin entered into the world, the title deed was transferred to the kingdom of darkness, right? And that's where we're at today. Now, the good news is it's not going to stay the same, but uh, in verse 8, he goes on to say, for we do not want you to be ignorant, Christians, brethren, of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we despaired even of life. Paul's saying, I don't want you to be ignorant that how difficult the life is of following Jesus. Now, if you watch some Christian TV yesterday and they said everything's going to be easy from here on out, the Apostle Paul said, I don't want you to be ignorant. It is hard, right? How hard? Despairing even of life. You know, think about it. How many of you have thought, I can't live anymore because I'm serving Jesus and I have so much persecution, right? I mean, Paul was stoned to death many times. Paul wanted those Christians in Corinth to know that living a life, following Jesus, is not exempt from trials and difficulties in this fallen world. And in fact, many people throughout the Bible who chose to follow God had a, had a similar experience as Paul. Remember Moses in Numbers eleven fourteen. He said, I'm not able to bear all these, all these people alone because the burden is too heavy for me. And then here's what Moses says to God. If you treat me like this, kill me here and now. <laughs> right? Kind of like what Paul was saying, right? <clears throat> Elijah said in 1 Kings 19, he prayed that he might die, and he said, it is enough, Lord, take my life. <clears throat> right? he's, he's feeling the same way. And then Jonah, in Jonah 4.3, he said, therefore, oh, Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Now, what are they all saying? They're saying that following God can be very difficult at times, to the point where you feel like you don't want to live. Now, that's why Paul's saying that's a normal part of following God, but 
God not only comforted all those people, but he did a great work in their lives. And so Christianity is not exempt from difficulties, but God is going to comfort us through those difficulties. In verse 9, Paul goes on to tell them that he says, yes, we have the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. So Paul said in the midst of these impossible situations, he said, we've learned one thing that's very important, not to trust in ourselves. In other words, he's saying that we shouldn't be so vain to think that as we are seeking to live a supernatural life by the Spirit of God, that we're going to be able to fix every problem and trial that we face in life. We're going to face things that are too difficult, that we're going to need help. And Paul tells us that one of the keys to experiencing the comfort of God in your life in those overwhelming situations is to put your trust in God. Don't put your trust in people or politicians or doctors or whatever it is. Now, there are good ones of those. I mean, they may be hard to find, but there are some, you know, good ones. But but here's the thing, he's saying, we put our trust in God. Paul didn't put his trust in Nero getting saved, right? And there will always be things in life that you don't understand and that you feel like you can't navigate that are too difficult, but what are we to do? Well, Paul said, we need to trust in God. Life's going to be hard. There are going to be difficulties, right? You get married, you are not going to understand your spouse for quite a while, right? Only till you've gone to marriage classes for 25 years. I mean, I didn't understand my wife for a long time, right? Probably, I mean, we've been married 37 years. Probably the first five, 10 years, I just constantly was like, when is she going to start thinking correct like me, right? <laughs> and then 10 years in, I realized, oh, she is a woman, and she thinks differently. She has more, you know, estrogen, and I have more testosterone, and so she probably never is going to want to jump off the roof, right? I mean, it's like, uh, we're different, but, but what do you do when you face difficulties, whatever it is, in marriage or parenting or financial problems or, or other things, forgiveness, guilt, whatever it is? Well, we need to trust God. And that's, the salu- that's part of the, the equation of experiencing the comfort of God. In Proverbs 3, 5, it tells us like this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. In other words, that he's not saying don't use your brain. You still think, but, but you need to trust God that he can do for you what you can't do for yourself. That he can do beyond what you can do, right? And, and that really is what Christianity is about, right? It's not about eliminating trials. It's about God comforting us and helping us and directing us. And so Paul is telling them in verse 9 that we should not trust in ourselves but in God who raises the dead. Now, notice that he says we should trust in God because he can raise the dead, right? He can do anything. And you can trust that God can help you and comfort you in whatever you're facing. At one point, Job said in Job 6, 8, Oh, that I might have my request, that God would grant me the thing that I long for, that it would please God to crush me, that he would loose his hands and cut me off, right? In other words, he's saying, Lord, just kill me now, right? Because Job was in a very difficult place. He lost his friends. He lost his health. His wife was not very supportive. Uh, If you think your wife is not supportive, Job's wife said in Job's 2.9, Then his wife said to him, Curse God and die. (laughs) <laughs> and we don't know the tone she said that in. Curse God and die. Or curse God and die, right? I don't know. But Job had lost everything but one thing, his faith in God. And the truth was, Job's best days were in front of him, right? I mean, during this trial, he's telling God, kill me. And Job had no idea of the great things that God was going to do in his life. In Job 42.10, it says, The Lord restored Job's losses, and the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. And now the Lord... Bless the latter days of Job more than his beginning. So did Job go through some hard times? Yes. Uh, But in the end, Job was blessed twice as much, and his life was fulfilling, and, and it was a season of his life. Sometimes we read the book of Job, and we think it was his whole life. It was just a short time. But in reality, his life 
was better afterwards. And important for every one of us to know that are going through some difficulty that there are seasons in life. And sometimes it's difficult, but God is going to see us through it. You know, sometimes that's the hope that we have is that, that God's going to get us through this and it's going to change. In fact, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 2.8, or 2.9, eye has not seen nor ear heard nor has entered into the heart of men the things that God has prepared for those who love them. See, if you love God, he's prepared some great things for you. And even though you're going through a difficult time, you need to know we live in a fallen world. There are crazy people. And that's part of it. But God is going to see you through. We're going to stop there because we're out of time. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel Caldwell is now hiring full-time and part-time positions for our exciting Calvary Kids Learning Center. If you enjoy working with children from newborn through kindergarten, please give us a call at 453-9653. Positions are Monday through Friday with our availability to fit your schedule. To learn more about these exciting opportunities, please call 453-9653. We look forward to meeting with you. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Saturday night service at 7 p.m. This is an alternative for those who cannot make it to our Sunday morning services. Like us on Facebook at Calvary Chapel Caldwell or check out our website at calvarycaldwell.com. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on The CW, Channel 2.2. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truth in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you would like a copy of Pastor Bob's message today in its entirety, you can call us at 208-453-9653 during the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you're not currently attending a church and are in the Caldwell area, we'd like to invite you to one of our services. We're located on the corner of 10th and Everett, right across from the library in downtown Caldwell. You can also visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. If Today in the Word is ministered to you and you would like to support this radio outreach ministry, we encourage you to pray for us. You can also partner with us financially. Simply visit calvarycaldwell.com to make a donation. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. May the Lord bless you and may you have a great day. Today is the day you will